0: Welcome everybody. I'm Jonathan Trowan. Welcome to another episode of Shared Humanity. And I'm really excited today. We have with us, Kevin Yates. And I, I just love your story or, you know, I shouldn't say I love it. I, I don't, I'm moved by the story. Um, Cause what, what Kevin does is he helps people treat chronic pain and pick me and that's how I got into this whole world in the first place, chronic pain, um, which so many of us have. Uh, and he helps them without drugs. Um, he addresses it a whole different way. so so Kevin, I, I want I want you to introduce yourself, and I want you to bring us through some of the story that brought us to where we are today.
1: Yeah, um, so, uh, yeah. I'll give you a little bit of background. I'll try and keep it short. But uh, like for me, I had dealt with chronic pain um, for a number of years. It started in around like 2000, 2001. Um, I had just actually gotten in the fitness industry working as a personal trainer. And um, I was just, you know, I was always into like lifting weights, playing sports. I was athletic all my life and I was working out and everything. And then I was starting to come down with like, you know, back pain, shoulder problems, knee problems, like it just kept adding up. Um, and they were things that, you know, tried to push through them. Um, but you know, they, they either they would go maybe away a little bit if I rested, or if I pushed hard enough, they get worse, but things were just getting worse and not better. Um, in 2003, I was working out at the gym, I had a barbell over my head doing behind the neck overhead presses, which can imagine how awful this is going to turn out uh, my shoulder gave out and the bar with 95 pounds bounced off my head couldn't lift my arm overhead um, after that and I couldn't do you know like push-ups bench pressing things like that um, so you know I, I tried to rest it and everything for a few months um, I was trying different exercises and things and it was like nothing was getting better um, so kind of bit the bullet on it. Was there
0: a diagnosis? Like, did you go to the doctor and get pictures taken and all that? Or did you just try and take care of it on your own?
1: Yeah, I tried to do, (laughs) tried to be brave about it and do it on my own. Um, And, you know, so it was like, at that time, it was like a few months had gone by. And I'm like, I'm not getting any better. So I went to a physical therapy clinic in my area. And um, I was there for like two and a half hours. And we had the top two therapists there. And they literally were scratching their heads, looking at each other. Like they didn't know what to do. Um, They knew that they had said, like, I didn't tear anything. There didn't seem to be any like actual structural damage in there, but they couldn't figure out like what happened or what to do. Um, So I was told the first thing I was told is dude, your posture sucks. Literally. They told me that don't bench press anymore. Don't lift heavy weights. Um, don't do anything that hurts, and they gave me like a sheet of rotator cuff kind of exercises to do in a you know a Theraband, uh, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, what happens here? <laughs> like, what, what if this doesn't work or whatever? And and um, they had said like maybe down the road if like this doesn't work or anything like that, I might be looking at something like a surgery or whatever. So that like freaked me out because I don't even like getting shots, let alone i never have had a surgery. And that thought was like, it just scared me. Um, and then, you know, I had like this laundry list of other injuries and it's like, you know, if I can't do things, you know, and, and I was told even be, you know, by, uh, another, you know, i went through like chiropractic treatments and stuff and, um, massage therapy and tried to take medications and all that. And, you know, I was told like, you shouldn't be doing squats or, you know, avoid like, it was like the same things. Don't do this. Don't do this. Um, and it just like, for me, I was sitting on that going, well, this is kind of weird. Cause like, what am I supposed to do when I sit down and stand up or how do I get in and out of a car or what if I have to reach in cupboards and, and do things like around the house? Like these are movements that I need to be able to do, um, not just in the gym, but in life. So my thinking was like, if they can't, give me an answer and figure it out, then I have to do it on my own. Um, So that was just like, at that point, I was like researching, reading, trying to find anything I could to learn how to deal with my own injuries.
0: So they, so they were giving you a bunch of things not to do, but they weren't giving you anything to do. Yeah. Yeah. Other than maybe surgery, if it doesn't fix itself.
1: Yeah. It was, yeah, that was kind of the, the end road right like you know do these exercises on this sheet um and that's where it ended and if they don't work then you know that that's kind of the end and you know i started to see that happen like when i was you know working as a trainer it was weird because right around that time like i worked in this um it was like an athletic club in san jose and so you know we had like members there were They were like active recreational sports enthusiasts. We had marathon runners, tennis players. They were competitive people, swimmers, right? And there were a lot of people that were coming to like us, the trainers. And I was noticing the same thing. They were like beat up with injuries. Um, They had seen doctors and gone through the therapy and all that stuff. And nothing was really working. And it was kind of like, they're giving the same advice. Like They don't want me to run anymore. And they're a marathon runner, right? Or, you know, um, they don't want me to, you know, swing anything overhead and i'm a tennis player or avoid doing this or you know these movements or activities you know and i just i i thought it was so weird like this isn't solving anything it's like we're living our lives in a bubble and you can't protect against every movement and 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 activity that you do like if, if you try and do that we're not even living life at this point right we're just const- constantly on guard so you know i was just thinking which Man, so like, many of
0: us are I mean, yeah. so many of us who live in chronic pain, we, we are, we are on guard all the time. What's gonna hurt me, what's gonna hurt me. Yeah. So, so what, what did you figure out then?
1: Um, it was just like a long process, but I, you know, what I started to realize, like I, over time, like I was getting better with things. Um, I was very fortunate. Like, you know, I studied a lot of things and tried a lot of things. Um, I ended up working for uh, about almost three years in eight different physical therapy clinics So it was cool because I wanted to see that side of things, how they did things in rehab, and then try to bridge it into like, bring it into fitness. Like, how do I use that stuff, um, you know, in the weight room, right? In a training environment. Um, And I was really fortunate to have a mentor who um, he worked at the club I was at. And this guy was, he was helping like rehab people, but he wasn't a therapist or anything. And, you know, he had all these um, athletes he worked with, and he was working with like post-stroke patients. And I was like, I need to learn from this guy, so um, I ended up. He went in his own business, and I I went and worked with him. And it was kind of like cool because it was a paid mentorship. You know, I learned a lot from him, um, and then just continued my own studies and evolving things. So what I what I started to realize, and this was through myself, and then through like getting clients in who were dealing with a lot of the same stuff, and it was that a lot of the conventional methods, and I'm not trying to bash like doctors or therapists, so like, uh, I don't want anyone listening to this to think, you know, I'm anti that. Um, What was happening though, is that I was realizing most of the the conventional treatment methods were focused on dealing with symptoms and none of them were tackling the root causes. Because I kept seeing that, you know, if somebody's shoulder hurt, it didn't mean that their shoulder was the problem. You know, if somebody had a knee problem, a lot of times it wasn't the knee that was the issue there were other imbalances going on in the body that were causing those areas to take on a lot of stress. And that's what was causing pain. So, so, so what
0: what were your root cause? Did you figure out your root causes then?
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of, um, you know, and, and it it was weird because I had so many different injuries and pains and it would seem like they were, they were all different, but they were all just stemming from, I had poor movement patterns I had, you know, really um, my posture, you know, and and I think posture is something that a lot of people assume that just because I could sit up straight, I have good posture and it's not the case. Like my posture wasn't great. Um, I had like some joint restrictions and soft tissue restrictions that were altering the way I moved. I was compensating in ways because when you have pain in one area, you know, you're going to compensate and try and unload that area. And then you increase stress to other areas. So it was a lot of just like, know muscle imbalances joint restrictions um postural issues that were going on that were affecting the way i moved and so when i started working on just getting those kind of those areas worked out my movement pattern started to improve and as i started how did you figure it
0: out though how how did you go inward and figure out okay i have pain here but it's it's really because this isn't moving Like, because you you have to really be in touch with your body to understand that. So yeah. how, how do we do that on ourselves? Oh man, it was, there was so much like
1: just learning about assessment. Like I, I had to understand because when we, when we move a certain way for so long, it feels normal. Yeah. So if I'm not like, if I squat down and you know, I'm rounding my back or my knees are caving in things like that um, you know, a lot of times we don't really realize the extent of that because it, we've been doing it for so long. It feels normal. So like for me, I, I had to just kind of learn that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think it's, uh, you know, a cut and dry, easy overnight thing. Um, because there's so many things that we have to look at. I can give examples. And, um, you know, if that helps,
0: yeah, shoot me an example,
1: man, it, it all started with a assessment. So, you know, that's one thing, like looking at a squat. So if somebody has got, let's say you've got like back pain or a knee or a shoulder problem, I think those are like the three most common you know, issues that people deal with. So one is like, I would do like a squat assessment. So I would look, you know, at if somebody just does a normal squat and I had to learn this with myself as well. You know, what does the posture look like? What is the upper back looking like? If I'm squatting down and I'm hunching over and got rounded shoulders, that's gonna create a problem as well. If I've got my knees are buckling in together, that's gonna cause problems. That could cause, cause knee problems. It could cause, you know, problems at the back. All kinds of things happen there. Those are like some, just a few simple things that we're looking at. If I look at from the side, I can kind of see is the person squatting down and shifting all their weight on their toes and their heels are lifting off the ground. That can cause like, that'll just hammer the knees. And the problem with this stuff like that I started to learn was, man, like it's easy to assume, like if I'm squatting wrong and I'm getting pain, it's easy to assume that squats are bad for me. And in reality, it's not the exercise or the movement, it's how we're performing it. A lot of times that's the problem. So if we find any of these kind of issues that are off that I just talked about and start working on correcting those, the symptoms of pain tend to resolve themselves. If they don't completely resolve themselves, they get a lot better, That's what I found.
0: So, so that's- So like, like all, these people were, all these people are telling you, don't do this, don't do that. But what you figured out was, I just have to do it the right way and if I do it the right way, now I can do all that stuff. Yeah. Is that, yep. is that it?
1: Yeah. I That's I, I awesome. had it happen with me and I've seen it with I've seen it with like general population of people who suffered from nagging pain, but I also had like post surgery, people that have gone through knee replacements, hip replacements, ACL surgeries. I just had a guy recently, um, not too long ago who he was a surfer. He was like 50 year old guy who loves to surf and you know, he's very active. He likes to bike and everything. And he was being told he needed to get a knee replacement because he had this knee problem for so long. And um, so, you know, they were telling him, you know you're not going to be able to surf and you got to get a replacement and all the kind of gloom and doom about it. And he kind of came to me as the last resort. And so I just looked at the guy And I'm looking and assessing his range of motion on his knees. And I'm looking at his non-painful knee. He's got like full normal range of motion at his knee joint. So about like 135 or so degrees. His right knee though, he only had like about maybe 90 degrees. So if we look at that, he's got a right knee that doesn't move really well. And I'm not a surfer, but I've seen, like I live in Santa Cruz, everybody out here surfs. And I've seen a lot of it. And jumping up on a surfboard, you're in a deep squat like a lot of times below like a 90 degree. So if he can't, if he doesn't have that movement available in the knee and he's hopping up on a surfboard, it's like, no wonder your knee's hurting every time it's being forced into a range that it didn't have. So with him, we just had to work on doing some things to get that right knee, to get that range back. And we did that and I'm no no joke that the guy, and it was his own words, said in two months he was completely pain-free and that it completely changed his life. And all we did, was work on some basic movement patterns and exercises to increase the range of motion at the knee. Wow. So
0: are you pain free now?
1: Yeah, I am. I mean, you know, once in a blue moon, I might get a twinge of something, you know, maybe something in the back or whatever, but largely it's, if I get something like that, for me, it's usually not a physical thing. It's more of a dietary issue. Cause I could feel, I don't know how to explain other than I could feel it in my digestive system. And I can almost press on it and the nerve because the nerves are connected. So the whole digestive system and lower back have the same feedback, right? Through the same nerve system. So we can have something like, I'll get something that probably I shouldn't have eaten the day before. And it just bothers my whole digestive system and it
0: reflexes pain to my back. And within like of the day it's it's gone. Wait, so oh. now so now we're, we're we're in a whole different territory now. So first, so we can yeah. fix it if, if we figure out where the cause is. So, you know, and for me, cause I, I learned, I learned this, it took me a long time and I learned it through yoga, but a lot of my pain is in my neck and radiates down. It's based on a surgery I had on the opposite side. This side took over, whatever, long story. I don't need to go through the whole thing. But when I fix my hip, my neck pain goes away. Yeah. So they're connected. It took me a bunch of years to figure that one out.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but now you just brought in this whole thing. Well, wait a minute what you ate is actually hurting your back. So that's kind of fascinating that a lot of people aren't gonna make that connection.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I've talked with a lot of people who, you know, when I get into the nutrition, because they, they usually are just thinking the physical. I mean, you know, everything is about physical. You know, don't do certain movements or physical therapy is all physical stuff. Like everything's physical. Chiropractic, it's physical adjustments um, and, a lot of times, like I I ask people about their diet and it's always, I eat healthy and, you know, sometimes it, that could be the case, but the problem with that is that there's, you know, we we tend to kind of lump nutrition into one category, healthy and uh, and unhealthy, you know, and we tend to think that, you know, things like nuts or fruits and veggies and the same types of things are automatically just healthy for everybody. And we, we all have kind of individual, um, you know, ways that we process food, our bodies don't process all foods the same way. So something that could be healthy for somebody could cause pain in, in, in another person's body because it can irritate their digestive system, cause inflammation, bloating, you know, the whole thing, leaky gut and all, all that stuff that goes on that can trigger pain in the body. So it's, I think it's like, I find it's a highly individualized process when it comes to nutrition. So like, there's a lot of healthy foods that I, I can name like 12 of them that I cannot
0: eat because my body's so sensitive to them. So how, how do we navigate that? So, you know, okay, eat, and, and I like to eat healthy, right? So, okay, eat your kale, eat your blueberries, eat, eat, you know, and, and we got the list, but you're saying it's not the same list for everyone. But, you know, every week we're told there's a new superfood and and that's the one we have to jump on. So what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, how, 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 do, I, how do I figure out Um, And maybe it's through talking to someone like you, but how do I figure out what I'm supposed to put in this body or for those that are watching, what are they supposed to put in their body versus, you know, the, the hype of the day, or maybe it's not a hype, but maybe it's the healthy for that person. Mm -hmm. not you. Like nutrition is just so crazy. It it, it just kills your mind. How do we navigate this? Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It's been turned into like made into this
1: complex, like science. And I think, It's just been made into so much more than it really needs to be, you know, and I think a lot of it is just common sense stuff. Like the way I do it is, um, you know, I would teach anybody like the first thing we got to do is like, it's okay to read books and all that stuff. Like I, I'm not saying ignore books and everything like that, but sometimes we just get so focused on the book said this, or this person, this expert said that, and that's the way it is. And we hold it like, that's the gospel of nutrition reality is like, test it for yourself. When you eat a meal, then within the next 30 minutes to about an hour or so, just you've got to be aware of what's happening in your body. So I'm always on the lookout for things like, you know, how we feel. So things like, um, do I get, do I get any kind of bloating or discomfort in my stomach? Um, Do I get gassy? Do I feel abdominal pain or some kind of cramping? Do I get tired? Do I feel like brain fog and lethargic? Um, do I get like the opposite end where I get very like antsy and kind of jittery and things like that? Any of those kinds of symptoms, those are directly like tied in, like, and then it's just the process of kind of identifying, okay, what did I eat at that last meal? And then, you know, like, hopefully we're not eating 20 different things in one sitting, but just having enough to where we can kind of test that out. Okay. Well, what's the most common offender? Like if I have, um, you know, something that's whole grain, and then I have like uh, maybe some chicken and, and some veggies with that. And then I get some kind of bloating or pain or I'm just wiped out after. The one thing I'm probably gonna take out is gonna be the grain, right? Now look at anything that's got like whole grain, gluten, the most common offenders, like wheat, you know, stuff like that. Um, conventional dairy, sugar, processed foods, those types of things. But you know, if there's something in there, take it out. And the best thing is to just kind of like take one thing out at a time. You know and see what happens um the next time you eat that right so if i take that out and i just ate like the the chicken and the veggies and just omitted the like the grains out then i can assess how i feel if all of a sudden i feel good my stomach's feeling like light and everything like that i probably found the offender and then you can test that out even by by just eating that one thing down the road and test that out for yourself let me just have that grain and let me see how i feel i went for years not understanding why I got wiped out every time I ate nuts and I I thought they were good for me. I got bloated and distended all over the place and felt horrible. Every time I ate nuts, nuts are supposed to be healthy. They've got good fats and everything. My body just is very sensitive to to them and does not digest them well.
0: Wow. So this is really a great tip and I've never heard it. Um, said this way before this this is how I took it. I'm saying it, I'm saying it again so everyone hears this cuz I think it's really great cuz mostly what what we're told is okay, if you don't feel good, go and think about what you just ate or what you did or or whatever it is. But this is this is a great habit. At least try it out for for a week or so and eat something, know what you're eating, and then you monitor yourself for the next half hour after the meal. Instead of just racing off back to work or you know, off to nighttime, like consciously monitor, I'm done eating, how do I feel? Yep. That's brilliant, because then, even if you don't feel terrible, if you feel terrible after some of them, well, you know, you can take one thing out at a time or, hey, don't make that meal anymore. But you can also begin to know which meals make me feel better, which meals put me on fire and i know you can't eat the same thing every day but you know you can make sure that that becomes the staple i love that one i'm adopting that one
1: yeah yeah absolutely and that's that's like finding your own superfoods right rather than you know going on with the latest kind of trend is oh eat this right and eat that you find it for yourself you you know the foods that that make that don't make you feel good but then you find out the ones that energize you and make you feel good and then you just start to build your diet around that, yeah.
0: That is awesome. I I hope you create a class, find your own superfoods. Yeah. That is brilliant. I love that because yeah, they give us the list of superfoods, and and we all have different bodies, and and you know, I, I try and do them all, but I, I haven't been monitoring it like you say. Just okay, make sure I have the nuts and and some blueberries, and and I'm throwing the kale and the spinach and the shards and the smoothie, and and. I'm just kind of hoping at the end of the day, I'm, I'm feeling okay.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so, think- all right. So we got the physical and we got the diet. Yeah. What, 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 because I didn't know we were going to get into diet. What, what else are we missing? What, what else you got to throw at me here? Well,
1: if we're going to go down the rabbit hole, then um, here's something crazy about it. Like the, what, what else I started digging in to this whole thing, you know, cause I'm big on getting to root causes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I realized like, And it was a lot was through me and through clients that I worked with. It wasn't always physical, right? Like it wasn't always just, okay, there's just muscle imbalances or movement issues we got to deal with. Yeah, that's a big part of it, but nutrition was a big part too. Then we kind of go deeper in because sometimes there are more um, things that are caused like imbalances that happen in the nervous system. Because if we look at like even movement, if movement's off or something's happening in movement, what affects movement muscles do, right? Well, what drives the muscles? The nervous system does. Mm-hmm. So now if we've got a nervous system that is constantly overstimulated because maybe we're working 12 hours a day, maybe we are, have project deadlines, or we're stuck in traffic and commuting long distances, or we're running around on the go constantly, and we have family obligations or financial stresses and all this stuff going on that's going to trigger fight or flight, And when we're stuck in that fight or flight branch of the nervous system, that's like a, like a, a threat detection right there, right? All of a sudden it's like the alarms are going off. And if you ever had that, like the, the best way I could describe it is, um, you know, imagine if you're, you're walking through, like, if you get up in the middle of the night out of bed and it's pitch black in your room, you got to use the restroom or you got to go to the kitchen to get water or something like that. And it's dark. We're not walking like we normally do during the day. We're just smooth and flowing. You can't see anything. So what happens, you feel your body starts to get tense. You start to widen your stance a little when you walk. You're a little bit more on guard. So you don't move as as well as you normally would. So that's what happens kind of when that sympathetic nervous system throws us into fight or flight. And that's just from, you know, all all the kind of stresses and stuff that we deal with. That does, that affects the whole internal physiology, creates a lot of stress hormones in the body, can trigger pain, change the way we move. And all that's a recipe for pain. If we take that even one step deeper, then what drives the nervous system? The brain. So again, we start looking at, I look at a lot of like what, um, even our mental emotional causes that are behind it. And what I found like a lot of, there's a lot of uh, everything that we can go from like thoughts to feelings, emotions, beliefs, perspective we hold, expectations, like all of this stuff that becomes our quote unquote story. So for an example, I've known a lot of people, myself you know, was included. I can't squat anymore or I can't run anymore because I have bad knees. Running is bad for me, squatting is bad for me. I have arthritis, I can't do this. And while I don't advocate anybody to do something and just force your way through it and just kind of you know, tough it out, there is something to be said about when we, when we wire those thoughts and those belief patterns in the brain, it becomes part of the subconscious brain. And the subconscious brain drives about 98% of our actions and behaviors. So if we cling to that idea that I'm going to be in pain the rest of my life, there's nothing I could do. This is how it is when I get older. I have bad knees, a bad back, arthritis in the shoulder or whatever. And this is kind of the way things are going to be. Our actions and behaviors will align with that. And so that, you know, that it's a whole mindset thing that can also be a part of the whole pain
0: response system in the body. So it's not it's not that the pain is in your head, but what is in your head is causing real physical pain. I think you just said that better than than I can, because, yeah, I was thinking it's in your head, but it's not in your head. Right. But I like the way you just said that. Yeah. So that so how, how do you work on that side of it? I know. I mean, people here, you know, they know I have my self-love um, tools and, and emotional intelligence tools. How, how do you deal with it?
1: Yeah, it's so it's you know, it, it's working like, you know, with, with pain, the same way that you have to retrain the body, you have to retrain movement and muscles and things like that. We have to retrain the subconscious part of our mind. Um, Cause again, that's affecting about 98% or so of our, of our actions and behaviors. You know, a lot of it for, for me is what I've done is just a process of like journaling every morning. I take, you know, I, you know, it's kind of like a power hour, but um, anywhere from about 30 minutes to 60 minutes, for me, I'll put that time into journaling, to becoming aware of my language. what are my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions? Where am I at right now? What am I thinking? What's the story that that's going on within me right now? I'm looking at that. Um, you know I, i'm I'm looking at kind of where I'm at for the day. What are the things I can do that are in my control rather than just looking at the things that I can't do? There's a perspective shift that has to happen as well. If all we look at is, I can't do this, I can't do that. I'm never gonna get to over here again or be able to do these things again because of all this that's happening. We've gotta kind of shift that perspective. And again, the brain's wired. It's just hardwired to seek out all that negativity because it's designed to keep us safe. So we have to really consciously work at this and this has to be a daily practice to kind of steer the brain away from that and go, no, look, we're looking over here. <laughs> we're looking at where we're going, not all the stuff that's keeping us stuck and holding us back. Like those are some of the things. And it's just got to be a daily practice, of, you know, and, and the more we, it's more like the, the same as how that the whole story got wired in, in the first place. I have a bad back. I'm old. I'm, you know, I can't do this anymore. I can't run. That took time to get water, to get wired in as a belief and part of the story so it's the same thing when we're trying to change it we've it's through repetition repetition right that's how the brain wires habit is through re-
0: repetition and and let's let's not forget gratitude here folks for yeah you know, so if if our back hurts all we think about is my back hurts but what about the parts of the body that aren't that are working fine? They're not in pain. Or if your knee hurts, well, what about the other knee? Or even if the knee hurts. You know, just being thankful that you're actually still walking. Yeah. So yeah. gratitude for 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 the parts that are working, because that can help reprogram. Like you say, yeah, daily, 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 daily folks. Daily, 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 daily. You brush your teeth daily. You got to do all this stuff daily. And, and 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 man, so all this from dropping, what was it, 95 pounds? Yeah, <laughs> on your shoulders. On my head. <laughs> on your head. Yeah, man. It that's knocked me crazy dizzy. Yeah. So so you you you've been through all this, and and you've learned all this stuff. What what's your mission now? What what, what are you doing here on the planet?
1: Oh man, right now it you know the way I look at it according to the CDC, we got 50 million people in the United States alone that suffer from chronic pain every day. Some studies are suggesting it's more like a hundred million. I, I believe that too. And, um, you know, the, the solutions out there, you know, there's, what is there? There's, you know, physical rehabilitation, medications, and surgery. The problem is that, medications. Every year, there's an estimated 106,000 deaths from adverse drug reactions every year. That's making that the fourth leading cause of death. There are um, surgeries, 1.5 million surgeries every year for chronic pain, and that number is skyrocketing. It's predicted to get more and more, and it's growing as we see it, despite all of the knowledge we have and technology we have and gym equipment and all this stuff that's designed to help us get better, we're not. And physical therapy doesn't work for everybody long-term. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work at all. It's just, it's not effective for everybody long-term. So for me, it's, you know, I'm trying to get word out as best I can that the problem with when these methods fail, the reason why is that they're not addressing causes, they're managing symptoms. So if we're going to get rid of chronic pain and start feeling better and moving better and have a better quality of life, we've got to start getting to root causes, addressing them. Because if we eliminate the root cause, pain has no more reason to exist in the body and the symptoms start to resolve themselves. So that's what I'm here to do is helping people to eliminate or overcome chronic pain without resorting to drugs, medications, or surgery because the body has this amazing capacity to heal itself naturally if it's given the right environment and we're not being told or given the tools to create the right environment enough.
0: So So I'm sitting here at home, this is for everyone that's watching. So I'm here at home, I, I have chronic pain. You're, you're not in my backyard um, or in my neighborhood for me to go and see you, or I don't know, maybe you see people virtually. What, what, what do, what do I, I have chronic pain, I need help, right? Whoever's watching this, that, that's, that's where we are. What who do we go to, or how do we get you? Or what what do we do here? Because we're lost in our head and our heads going, there's no way out. So what what do I do right now?
1: Yeah. So we start, we start working with the the things that are in our control. Start there. You know, we we have control over what we do with our bodies in terms of exercise and movement. Start there. If you're not doing some exercise, you know, there are things to do. Now it's I don't want to say that just exercise itself is gonna do it because again. The important thing isn't just what we're doing, but how we do it. So you've got to learn, you know, like how you're
0: doing things. If you don't know, find somebody, you know, if but so, So how do we find that? Like, do you, do you do people virtually? Or are you just in person or, yeah. and how, how you, so you do, so how do people get to you?
1: Yeah, they can, you can contact me um, on Facebook is the easiest way. I talk with people all the time on there. Message me on there. I work with people in person. I work with people online. Like I can work with anybody, anywhere. The guy I told you about, the surfer guy, he's not even in my area. And um, I gave him a program and we worked online together. And, you know, so yeah, there's plenty that can be done. Uh, But, you know, if if anybody needs help, like if you need a resource or somebody to point you in a direction, contact me, send me a message. I'll be happy to help you if I can. If I can't, I'll be happy to try and refer you, give you a resource or something that will help you.
0: And are there... Other, let's say I do, I, I just like the one-on-one, even though it's still COVID world right now. I don't know when people are watching this, but but we're, we're in COVID world now. Um, but let's say I do wanna see somebody, uh, are there other people like you that are really looking at chronic pain from this whole body, from other parts of the body, from the diet, from the brain, um, the root causes you say? Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: you know, you'd know, look up and try and find um, anybody who's like a holistic health practitioner, um, a lot of them, you know, they, they will deal with that holistic, meaning that they're, they're taking the whole kind of picture into account, not just treating symptoms. Uh, but again, you know, l- you, know you research and, and see who you can find, look up holistic health practitioners, but also I would talk with them, um, you know, maybe look at their websites or talk with them and ask them if they deal specifically with people with chronic pain, because even though they're holistic, a lot of times they might have different, you know, focuses. Some work with different populations, um, so, you know, you want to make sure that, th- that they they work with people that are dealing with the issues that you're dealing with, make sure that they have a good track record. You know, how long have they been in practice? Um, how many people have they helped? How long have they been doing it? So, you know, you, you get a kind of a better idea, you know, if somebody's going to be the right fit for you, if they know what they're doing and they're going to be able to help you, but just do a little bit of research on that. And I would, I would start there and kind of look at that. You know, and if things look good, talk with the person, like talk with them, get a list of questions of things that you wanna ask them. Um, You know, how do they work with people? What do they do? Right, Um, you know, start asking questions like that and get a few people maybe. And then that way you can kind of, you know, not just have one, but maybe have a few kind of options to go from.
0: And and ask, are you working with my symptoms or are you working with my root cause? And if they don't know what you're talking about with root cause, Keep calling until someone knows what, what you're talking about. Yep. Absolutely. So so, uh, so I want to ask you, because you said, you know, when, when you got into this, you started researching people. So, so what, what are one or two people that had a, a great impact on your learning through this process? Yeah. I mean, the, the first one was
1: the mentor that I had. And he just, you know, ended up opening up his own place and all that and did his thing. And, uh, you know, I got to learn a lot from him. He wasn't like a big well-known guy or anything like that. Just somebody I was fortunate enough to meet. From then on, um, you know, the uh, Paul Check. Paul Check was, uh, that, that guy is just a brilliant guy. So his whole curriculum, um, the Check Institute, and he's just a wealth of knowledge, um, not just with chronic pain. I mean, that's one thing, but um, that was a big kind of thing that opened my eyes because before then, I, you know, I just went through like a regular uh, certification as a, as a personal trainer, which doesn't cover any of this stuff. They just tell you, you know, you, you teach people how to exercise, basically, and if somebody's got pain or an injury, send them to the doctor. Um, that's as far as, as that went. So, you know, the whole check curriculum was like a big eye opener for me. Um, you know, I've looked at other people with um, uh, Dr. John Russin, um, his pay, pain-free performance specialist, another brilliant mind. He's um, a physical therapist that actually works in uh, training, like strength and conditioning with athletes. And, uh, and things like that, and a lot of them are beat up and injured. So um, you know, and he he helps with coaches and to who coach people or athletes and things like that. That was another one. There's been a lot of books that I have just read. A whole list of books that I've had over the years. You know, for me, it's just an ongoing process. You know, I'm always looking to just kind of learn and expand my knowledge. Um, you know, a lot of other stuff was was understanding neuroscience, how the brain works. You know, the brain and nervous system. I mean. If all we're doing is trying to just address movement and we're not dealing with, you know, this is a side of nutrition, how that can go. And then that was a whole nother area. But if we're not understanding how this guy up here is triggering the responses in the body that alter the way we move, you know, we're going to be limited in our ability to recover from pain in a lot of cases, because a lot of this stuff is driven up here too. So, you know, that whole neurology and neuroscience stuff came in and I'm heavy into that as well.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for everything that you shared. There's so much there. I am definitely going to start looking at what I eat and seeing how I feel in those 30 minutes after so powerful. Um, what question I like that? What question did, did I not ask you that you wish I would have asked? Oh, what else did any, anything else you want to share?
1: I don't know if there's anything you didn't ask. I just, you know, I would just say, um, you know, the, the one thing to anybody who's dealing with chronic pain right now and, and feeling like you know maybe you've tried everything, nothing's really working, and you're kind of in that place thinking you know this is probably going to just be how life is, um, the one thing I would say is that chronic pain does not have to be a life sentence. It really doesn't. You know Look at the things that you can do. Um, don't just focus on the stuff that's going wrong or the gloom and doom. Look at the things you can do. Start there because the body does have an amazing capacity to heal itself if you give it the right environment. So don't give up, keep looking and, um, you know, just never give up on that.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to have his contact information in the notes so you can reach out to him if you have any questions or maybe if you even want to work with him. Um, Man, I thank you so much for all that. You got it. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll see everybody next time.